You're listening to the Joy Junkies Show podcast, episode 302. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 302. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, beautiful girl. Can you believe we've been doing this shit for six years? Six years? Over six years. Wow. When did we start? Like what month? March. March? It was in March So of this is our anniversary. Well, we're in May now. Oh, so yeah. We're Sorry. a little belated. Yeah, a little belated. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Started with an M. I just went with it. <laughs> but we're thrilled to bring you another true and false edition. Uh-oh. We have not done one of these for a while. I think the last one we did was around communication. This week, we are doing one around vulnerability. So if you've Mm -hmm. never caught one of our true-false episodes, basically what it is, you get to play along while I quiz Mr. Smith with a handful of true-false questions to see how much he knows about vulnerability. Dun-dun-dun. So he has a pretty good record for our our past true and false. (laughs) We did a communication... We did an inner critic edition, yeah, and he's really aced them. So vulnerability is a little more nuanced. We'll see. Yeah, let's see. We'll see, see if I can keep my record going. So your goal out there is to play along with Mr. Smith and think about what you would respond with regards to these questions, just to see what you make up in your own mind around vulnerability. And Sweet. I think this should be fun. Yeah, this should be should a good be. one. So why don't we get the the mics warmed up a little bit? All right, pass let's, it over to you. Let's do that. We have a segment we like to call. Would you rather? And today's would you rather is would you rather bust some ghosts with the Ghostbusters <laughs> or search for treasure with the Goonies? Oh wow! Pulling out the pulling out the aces. This is. Hey, you guys. Hey, you guys. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, who you got to call? Ghostbusters. (laughs) Hashtag when Gen X gets a podcast. (laughs) Gosh. Now, the caveat is it's from the original. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, of course. Or the stipulation. Well, you know. Some people might say, oh, what about the female version? No, right, right. let's just keep it simple. We'll, well go with I, the original I, cast. Well, what would you do? I would think I would much rather go with the Goonies. They'd be a heck of a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah, although all of the Ghostbusters are about my age. So <laughs> it'd be a dad joke festival. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think I would definitely pick Goonies. Yeah. For sure. Just because you're afraid of ghosts? I ain't scared of no ghosts. I ain't scared of no ghosts. (laughs) Oh, is it afraid or scared? I ain't afraid. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I, well, first of all, I'm not, actually. I think that they're just humans without a body. Mm. So I'm not really. What if they were trying to eat all your milk duds? 
Is that what they do? Well, you, goober or whatever that. Slimer. Slimer. Goober. <laughs> goober. <laughs> Slimer. Whatever that well, green now, ghost okay. was. Definitely Goonies, but if you would have said fight crime with the Ninja Turtles, then I would uh, be like, sorry. I mm. got to go with my boy Michael. Well, that one's a cartoon, so it's not real. No. That was <laughs> ew, that condescending face you just made. Ninja Turtles was not a cartoon in the beginning. I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. The Ghostbusters aren't real either, and neither are the Goonies. And they also therein lies the joke. So I pick Goonies though because I love I, I was so enamored with that. And I loved yeah. the idea of going on the treasure and finding oh my gosh, I just love all of that. Oh. Now yeah. I know how to get you out of the house. <laughs> We're gonna search for pirate treasure. I'm in. Absolutely. Okay, so we would love to hear what you would rather. We talk about it every single week. And I am hoping that just like our Bill and Ted's would you rather, we get lots of fun quotes and things like that in the After Hours community. That's right. That was the original TED Talk, by the way. (laughs) Well played, Mr. Smith. (laughs) Please ignore him. I promise we do have some content coming up for you. But if you are not familiar with my Facebook community, it's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club, and it is hashtag lit. It is awesome, awesome, awesome place for you to connect with like-minded spirits, people who are struggling with the same things that you're up against. And I run a very tight ship, so there's not you know people trying to sell their goods and wares. We only stay focused on our personal development topics. We support one another. I do additional trainings every single Thursday. So if you've ever clued into the show and you've gone, hmm, well, I loved that episode on anger, but what would you do in a situation like this? Well, if you're in the after hours community, all you got to do is say, hey, Amy, can you cover this on Thursday? And many of the times I do. So we do warm, fuzzy Wednesdays, open mic Tuesday. And of course, on Mondays, we always discuss the would you rather which is your opportunity to say, hey, I'm with you on the Goonies, or nope, I think I'm going to go Ghostbusters. With the Busters, yep. And all you got to do to join us is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It redirects you right over to our little corner of Facebook. And introduce yourself, because we are stoked to have you. So let's jump in to our true and false vulnerability edition. Oh, all right. Uh, all right. All right, you ready for this, Mr. Smith? Well... I, I did not prepare. I will say that <laughs> you but, didn't study um, all I did your not study up. stuff. So you know. uh, we'll see. All right. Well, mm-hmm. let's start with number one. It is extremely important to be vulnerable with everyone. True or false? False. Why? Because you can get your feelings hurt. No. Um, <laughs> be- <laughs> because not everybody is entitled to it. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think. You're able to allow yourself to be open to the people that you're allowed to be open with. Okay. All right. Well, you are absolutely correct. Ding, 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 bing, ding. Bing, bing, bing. We need a little... Like a chime. A little sound bite for that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can... I'll see if Darlene can... Put one in there. Yeah. yeah. Actually, let's do that. If you get a yes, you're going to hear this sound. Kaboom. And if you get it wrong, you're, it's a no, you're going to hear this sound. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, let me elaborate on this one a little bit. Number one, so it's extremely important to be vulnerable with everyone. That's actually false. One of the things that I, I like to say is speak your truth into ears that can hear you. Not 
everybody in your life has the capacity to reciprocate vulnerability. Yeah. Meaning you could be vulnerable all damn day with them and they are not able to match you or meet you where you are. And sometimes, you guys, it's your family. And that is really, really challenging. But what you have to know is it is worth it to be vulnerable with the right people. Hmm. Many times Hmm. we go through relationships where we've been scathed or we've been hurt in some way. And we think, okay, better not be vulnerable. That equals hurt. Like you said, that equals my feelings are going to get hurt. But what has happened many times is we've chosen to be vulnerable with the people who haven't deserved the right to hear that, or they aren't the ears that can hear you. So what I want you to see is everybody who is a part of your life is there for a reason. And some of them are to create and foster intimacy with, and then some of them are not. Some of them are not about being vulnerable. Sometimes it's about the lessons that you're learning from them, Hmm. things you're learning about trust, things that you're learning about control or about people pleasing. This is not about, okay, if I want to embody vulnerability, I need to be that way with everybody. It is okay to be guarded. The problem happens is when we are guarded with the people we want to be intimate with. And when I say that, say intimate, I don't necessarily mean sexual, But if you are desiring a richer connection with your friendships or your siblings or people at work, that is going to call forth some vulnerability in order to foster that. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Okay. Number two, vulnerability is risky. True or false? Oh, true. How come? Because it's easy to get hurt. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, at each for each one, Mr. Smith, you are going to have to explain your answer. Oh, okay, okay. You know how right. in school it was like true or false, and please explain your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think because that, that's why people aren't vulnerable is because it exposes them. That vulnerability can backfire on you. Yeah, you are correct. Kaboom! That's right. Vulnerability is risky. It is risky because it's an element of you bearing your soul. It's an element of you showing up without a facade, without a mask, without what Brene always refers to. If you're not familiar with Brene Brown, our lady Brene, she refers to it as your armor. The things that you go into battle with because you're not looking at, you're, you're not looking at that situation as being safe or being a place where you can let your guard down and really be seen for who you are. So think about this. Are there situations in your life, whether it's with your friends, your family, your uh, colleagues who you're really close to, where you still keep up a wall, where you don't let people in and you're also craving the connection. That's where I want you to see this. We, It's not in service you, of you at all to be vulnerable with people who you don't care about fostering a connection with. Yeah, those. That's a perfect example of the people you are not vulnerable with. However, if you are around people in your life that you are desiring a richer connection with, who are those people right now? And how are you showing up? Are you exercising any element of vulnerability? And what that really means most of the time is expressing how you feel in a way that is not cloaked in anger or some diatribe or, you know, hurling things, but really saying, hey, that really meant a lot to me that you came through for me. That's Mm -hmm. a vulnerable statement. Gratitude, saying thank you so much. Things like that where you really all vulnerability is, is expressing emotion. 
saying exactly what's happening for you, what you are feeling, what meant a lot to you, apologies, things like that. All right. Doing pretty damn good, Mr. Smith. Yeah. Two for two, apparently. Number three, if you are in an authority role at work, you should avoid vulnerability at all costs. False. Explain your answer. Because good leaders lead by example. Oh. How about that? Okay. Absolutely. All right. Kaboom. Yay. Very, very good, Mr. Smith. Here's the deal with authority. And our lady Brene has also written a book specifically about leadership. It's called Dare to Lead. And it is going to be in the show notes if you are in any type of authority role in a a traditional office working environment. Now, this is not the case for somebody who is a firefighter necessarily Mm. or dealing with a hostage situation. (laughs) Yes, of course, if you're in that kind of a job, it's important that you're not extremely vulnerable because that could mean death or destruction to (laughs) everything that you're doing. I'm talking about the typical quintessential American workforce, workplace, where you have communication issues between different departments, where you have power struggles between different parties, where you have issues getting people to be motivated, things like that. Those are situations where vulnerability can absolutely affect the quality of work that you want to elicit from your subordinates, from your colleagues, or even from your bosses. Genuinely saying, here's what's happening for me, or here's what I'm experiencing, can also, especially if you're in a leadership role, can be so helpful in fostering people who feel like they can come to you, people who will walk to the ends of the earth for you because they genuinely see you as Mm -hmm. a human, not just a talking head who's delivering rules and feedback and consequences, but somebody who genuinely cares about you. And that can be as simple as expressing how you feel about those people who work beneath you. Or even in my situation, all of my team, they are independent contractors. So one of the things that I do with all of them is I ask them from the beginning, how do you want me to speak to you? How are you motivated? What are the things that drive you absolutely crazy? I do not ever want to be the person that you talk shit about when you're out having some drinks <laughs> yeah. with your friend. Like, oh, this one chick that I do work for. She drive. you know, I don't want to ever be that. So explain to me and tell me in your words, how do you thrive? I like that. How do you thrive? And let me tell you, every single one of my team has said to me, nobody's ever asked me that before. Nobody's ever said that. Yeah. Nobody has ever wanted to know how can we have a really synergistic, impactful relationship. That is vulnerability right there. Okay. So I think that there's a lot of times where we make up this idea that vulnerability equals seeing somebody we don't know at all. And telling them our deepest fears and the things that keep us up at night, that is not what I'm talking about. Vulnerability is very simply an expression of emotion. It's explaining where you are from an emotional standpoint. That is it. So there's a huge scale from dealing with something like, you know, just saying thank you all the way to you know, a sexual relationship where you're intimately connected with both mind, body, and spirit. Like, we, it really runs the gamut. So please know that you get to do vulnerability and take your steps towards that 
in the slowest, softest way possible. This is not, and my deepest fear is this, or I harbor a lot of shame around this. No. Or have crying your eyes out in front of a perfect stranger or something like that, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, I have no problem doing that. Most people do. Most people are raised in a society where emotion like that is deemed unacceptable and not okay. And we we don't want to be with that. Absolutely. I think I just meant that's kind of what people envision vulnerability being. Yeah is that right. right and it's it's good to qualify what vulnerable means exactly well you had you had a really great scenario of being in an authority role i remember you sharing when you were in you were teaching your mentorship so mr smith is a brilliant body worker he does a very Thank specific you. type of massage that is more so like physical therapy and it's extremely nuanced and and very very healing and so he was teaching a a mentorship group and there was somebody who was in your group that you kind of wanted to impress do you remember this i do i think yeah now that you say that yes do you want to finish the story there was a gentleman that uh, okay so in the mentorship we have students that are working on actual clients pay paying clients Mm -hmm. and i recruited all those paying clients to come to the workshop or to the class the course and one guy that came was an actual rocket scientist. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, brilliant, brilliant guy, right? And I wanted to impress him. So in so doing, I was talking over my student's head. You know, it wasn't fair to her because she was still learning the modality, right? So I was really just trying to impress this guy. And I wasn't doing my job. So you were kind of showing off, but not really super concerned with your students learning. Right. Got it. So I was just throwing out a bunch of jargon and, you know, trying to make it sound really sexy. Fancy words. Fancy words, right? And so, I, you know, I realized what I was doing after I did it. And after she finished working on that person and we were huddling up to talk about our sessions, I told her in the group, I was like, I apologize to you because, you know, this is what I was doing and I realized what I was doing at that time. So it's not fair to you and I apologize. Mm -hmm. So that's the story. And what was so unique about this situation is because you entered into this conversation with somebody where you were the authority. Yeah. And you said, hey, here's me telling you that I fucked up. I did something wrong and I'm really sorry and actually apologizing to her. She was vulnerable back with you. That's right. If I recall this correctly, she said, thank you so much for saying that. And she opened up and said, here's what was happening for me. And that means so much to me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's just an example of what you're talking about here. And then you were able to have a much better relationship with her. That's that's very true. You embodied vulnerability. She it gave her the opportunity to match you and meet you there. And then it fostered better union as you went through the mentorship. That's right. That is what I mean by it can be incredibly advantageous with your team, the people who are beneath you or answer to you, even sometimes with the people above you. It can be incredibly helpful just to kind of elicit that same response from the the other party. Okay, number four. Mm, Number four. Being vulnerable with your children can be one of the best gifts you can give them. True or false? True. Yes, you are absolutely right. Kaboom. All right. So, you know why? Oh, yes. Okay. Because I have to give an answer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Explain your answer. Yeah. Thank you. I think teaching that at a young age allows us to understand that it is okay to have emotion. 
and it's okay to express yourself. Because a lot of times those things get stifled, especially when you're a kid. It's like, go sit in the corner. Don't talk. Sit down. You know, you know, you're, everybody is encouraging you, get up, come on, walk. And then when you start walking, everybody's like, sit down. Shut up and sit down. <laughs> right, exactly. right. So being able to express yourself and show emotions actually allows you to realize that those are normal things in our life and they don't have to be hidden because those are the things that we foster later in life. That's right. And that fester later in life. That's right. That's true. That's absolutely true. And I did a podcast ages ago on how to teach personal development to kids. I'll link to it in the show notes. But one of the things that I talk about a lot is my relationship with my father, who, shocker, (laughs) because I'm so emotional, uh, really allowed that. Both of my parents never, ever, ever made me wrong for feeling what I felt. Now, I was still, if I was super angry, I wasn't, of course, allowed to hit my brothers or destroy property, but I was never told that being angry was wrong or if you're going to be like that, you have to go to your room or things Hmm. like that. And if I was frustrated, if I was upset, we talked about it. There, It wasn't this, you're not supposed to be that way. And I also saw my parents in vulnerable situations as well. I remember very distinctly When my uh, grandfather passed away, I think it was in 89, so I was just 10 years old, I remember watching my mom grieve. And this was her father-in-law, this is my dad's dad, but she was still very torn up about it. And my dad expressed from a very, when, when we were very, very young, he would say, you know, my dad never said, I love you to us as children. So it's very important to me that you always hear that from me. And he would say it every single day, but he would explain the reason behind it. Yeah. One of the the other things that he would do, I don't remember this as much from my mom, but this could also be because he disciplined us more frequently than she did. But if he ever disciplined us out of anger, where he, and parents out there, you know what I'm talking about, where you're not really in the throes of love and joy and and nurturing at the moment, you're really angry and pissed and you discipline from that place, Mm -hmm. he would come and apologize to us later and ask for forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness and apologizing is one of the most vulnerable things that you can do. And in so doing, He taught me the most incredible lesson about cleaning up your messes and about owning your part in the, in the matter. So he would come to, come to all of us, all three of us. And he would say, Hey, listen, what you did earlier was unacceptable. You're not allowed to steal. You're not allowed to hit or Mm -hmm, kick or whatever mm -hmm. it was. You're not allowed to do that, but it's also not right for me to discipline you out of anger instead of out of love. And I disciplined you out of anger and that's not okay. So I'm asking, will you please forgive me? And taught me early on to ask for forgiveness when you make a mistake. Now, I do think that there is a distinction between you having, you losing your shit in front of your kids constantly over and over again. Maybe you're going through a divorce or something like that. I do think that there's ways to kind of temper that. 
But I think that it's incredibly important for the emotional intelligence of children to see that it is okay to be sad, it is okay to be angry, and to know how to channel it in a correct way. So for instance, if you're really upset, telling your kids something like, you know what, mommy's been really, really angry lately about some of the things that are happening in in our country right now. And it's not right to go hit somebody or do something like that just because mommy's angry. So she's going to go to kickboxing. And <laughs> that's a healthy way. So you can start teaching children about emotional intelligence and how to work with their emotions while you are still being vulnerable. And Hashtag American Horror Story Season 7. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my gosh. That's right. <laughs> Yikes. So, yes, it's extremely true. Being vulnerable with your children can be one of the best gifts you can give them. And that's going to look different for every single person. And you can start just by expressing how you feel about them, allowing them to express their emotions back to you, and then teaching them how to work with emotions that are really uncomfortable. And check out that other pod if you get a second. Okay, number five, entering into a conversation with vulnerability dramatically increases your chances of getting through to the other person. True or false? Oh, I'm going to go true on that one. Explain your answer. Am I right? Yes, you oh, are. Okay. Kaboom. <laughs> I think it just opens up the door for um, the other person to be open as well. If you if you come at it from a closed place, they're going to come with a closed energy too. That's exactly right. Yeah. And the example that we gave earlier, just with your situation with your mentee. Oh yeah. That's mm -hmm. a perfect example of that. Right. If you would have come in there with an air of arrogance and I know better than you, you essentially what Brene would call armor. If you come in there with all this armor, you're more likely to be met with armor. Uh huh. We will naturally as humans mimic emotion. So for example, I've, you guys have probably heard me say this quite a few times. If you are driving along and you accidentally cut somebody off or something like that and they drive by you and they're like, fuck you, what do you think you're doing? Oh yeah. Our instinct right then is to be like, what the hell? I didn't even know. I didn't even see you. We, our instinct is not to go, oh wow, let me think about what I could do differently next time. <laughs> We don't meet anger with softness, typically. That's we right. meet anger with anger. We meet softness with softness. We meet vulnerability with vulnerability, typically. Now, not everybody in your life is going to be that way. Psychopaths. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, <laughs> that's not fair. I'm kidding. That's I'm, totally not I'm, fair. It was a joke. It was a joke. But if, but the point in this particular statement right here is dramatically increases your chances of getting through to them. Because you're coming at a much softer entry point to say, hey, I'm being soft. I really hope you can match this. And yeah, sometimes there are situations where that other person can't be. That's true. And that's a whole other you know, process of working through. But what I want you to hear is that it's absolutely worth it, especially if one, one of those relationships is one where you want better connection. Yeah. You want better intimacy. You want to connect further with that human. Yep. Okay, good job, Mr. Smith. You're doing Thanks, it. baby. You're rocking and rolling. Ready for number six? Let's do it. Number six, true or false? Vulnerability is weakness. Uh, that's false. Explain your reasoning. I actually think vulnerability is strength. Whoa, bonus points. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think, you know, 
I'm going to say, especially with men, they're taught to hide their emotions or that their emotions, if they are emotional and they cry, that they're weak. That's right. Um, And I think it makes you stronger to let those tears out or to express that than it does make you stronger. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Woohoo for the evolved men. Oh, yeah. Kaboom. So here's the deal with, with this idea that vulnerability is weakness. I feel extremely strongly about this, that in our society and in our culture where you can be ridiculed and chastised for expressing any type of emotion, male or female, I think that also, you know, on the flip side, a lot of women feel that they will be disregarded. Like, oh, you're shrill or, oh, women are too emotional or they're too sensitive. And so there's this fear of never being taken seriously. Mm -hmm. So better be masculine, better act in a way where I shut down all of my emotions because that's the only way to stay safe. So in a society like that, it is a fierce act of courage and bravery to be seen. It is a fierce act of courage to take off that fucking mask and say, this is who I am. This is who I stand for. And yes, I emote because humans have emotions and we need to stop as a society to start to stop breeding this out of our kids, stop breeding it out of one another. So little uh, tip out there, the next time somebody cries in front of you, do not tell them not to cry. Tell them, how can I be amazing for you? I like that. Be with them in their emotion. Put your arm around them. Hold their hand. Look in their eyes. Rub their hair. It is okay to be around emotion. That is strength. Because even if we look at it from a standpoint of recovery or getting through challenging times, we know scientifically that the only way out is through. Perfect example is guilt. I mean, it's not guilt, grief. If you're in the throes of grief and you try not to feel it, you are going to postpone that grieving cycle for much, much longer than if you just plow through it and allow yourself to feel it, to genuinely, truly feel what's happening for you. We are wildly resilient as humans. But we don't often tap tap into that resilience because we're so busy guarding ourselves and putting up walls and going, don't feel, don't feel, don't be seen, don't, blah, 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 it's all unsafe. So I want you to s- switch this idea that vulnerability is weakness. It is strength and it is fucking courageous because everybody else out there can put up a wall. Everyone knows how to put up a wall. Not everybody knows how to be seen. That's true. Whew. I get worked up. Yeah, you do. I get I get I'm so like... passionate about that because it's <laughs> it's to me it is it is like saying don't sweat or mm-hmm. you know body why are you sweating or body why did you throw up that food it's like no it's just fucking messaging yeah it's like we're overheating or that food didn't work right. hey here's what's coming up emotionally it's just a part of our humanity okay you can talk now <laughs> <laughs> no I was just taking that all in. Awesome. Well, you're doing wonderful. Uh, six for six, I think. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not just, counting. We only, <laughs> not counting. Number seven. We only have two left. Number seven. The amount of intimacy you enjoy inside of your relationships is directly proportional to how vulnerable you are willing to be. Oh, that's definitely true. Hell yes. Yeah. Kaboom. 
If you're not a hundred percent in, how can you ask the other person to be a hundred percent in? Exactly. Right. This right here is the payoff of vulnerability. A lot of times we look at vulnerability as a risk and as weakness and so scary and I'm going to get hurt. What we don't look at is the payoff of vulnerability. The payoff of vulnerability is that it's directly equivalent to intimacy. If you want intimate, rich, deep connections with people, you have to be vulnerable. They are equal. So one of the things that... I was just going to say, I can hear people out there right now and they're going, but Amy, I get hurt when I do that. That's right. I get hurt and I've been hurt several times. So now I'm not going to do that anymore. What do you say to them? And then I would say those people and those experiences have been a part of your life to teach you something. And I would also argue that those elements of vulnerability are perhaps with the wrong person Yeah, where we are really rooting for them to come through, but they're abusive or we still bear our soul with them knowing that they treat us like shit or knowing that we don't have the same priorities, knowing that one person wants kids and one person doesn't, but we still go, I'm going to be all in. And then of course we get hurt. Yeah. Right. So you have to be vulnerable with the right people, which was question one or two. Exactly. Exactly. Number one. And so it's not about here. Here's the rationale that I had in my head. And granted, I don't think this happens for every 14 year old, but I do remember (laughs) very much thinking this when I was 14 years old. I remember I had one of the things that I would do is I would go into my front yard and there was this huge rock and I would sit on the rock and I would color. And it was something that I would do to just kind of process or feel my feels or whatever. And I remember that there had been some little boy who had broken my heart. And my thought process in that moment was, if I have this capacity to show up in this relationship, or I have the ability to love the way I love, there has to be other people who are like me. Mm-hmm. There has to be other people who are willing to be <laughs> vulnerable. Who are, And then I manifested my soulmate when I was 18 years old. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, what about me? I didn't manifest you? No, it was all mm-hmm. me. It was all me mm-hmm. and my powers. <laughs> it was my sorcery. <laughs> but one of the things that you and I have said, really for the last two decades, is the same reason why we get to love as deeply and richly and we're such hashtag goals is the same reason why either one of us could destroy the other in a heartbeat. That's absolutely right. We are in that fucking deep. Yeah. And most people don't choose that. They say, no, I will choose lack of intimacy. I will choose lack of human connection and forego having to be vulnerable. And that'll be good enough. That'll be good enough. Yeah. So let me ask you this. On your fucking deathbed, are you going to say, I'm so glad I wasn't connected with anybody else? I am so glad I didn't let anybody else in. I'm so glad I was so safe my entire life. No. No. None of us are going to say that. We want to say that we lived richly, that we were connected with others, that we were intimately involved with the people in our lives. That's what we're all looking for, right? We're all looking for that emotional connection with one another. We're wired for it. We're primitively and biologically wired for it. All right. And finally, number eight. Seven for seven. (laughs) Two great ways to practice vulnerability are expressing gratitude and delivering heartfelt apologies. Mm, Say it again. Two great ways to practice vulnerability are, A, expressing gratitude, 
and B, delivering heartfelt apologies. True. True. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Kaboom. Good job, baby doll. You Thanks, came in strong with eight out of eight. Eight out of eight. Very, yeah. very good. Yeah. Feeling pretty confident right now. Awesome. <laughs> I, I appreciate your vulnerability. Thanks for expressing your emotion. So here's the deal. A lot of this stuff is kind of head explosion for many people. Now, my bestie loves to remind me that I've been evolved since I came out of the womb. <laughs> and then I had parents who taught me about emotions. This is true. And I have had a soulmate that I've connected with for two decades doing nothing but expressing ourselves. And I understand that it is really tough and treacherous tre- uh, terrain. Terrain. Mm-hmm. I was going to say tremaine. Uh, <laughs> treacherous terrain for many of you out there. So let's take baby steps. Your first item of business is going to be to be very selective about who you are practicing vulnerability with. And that the really the only criterion there is that it is somebody who you want a deeper connection with and it's worth the risk. I think there's, I mean, that's a great way to cliff note it, but I, I think Doing a program like yours will help people identify when they should and shouldn't be more vulnerable. That's that's so interesting that you bring that up because it is almost always the issue with my students yeah. where they go, I am terrified to bear my soul. And one of the things that I always say is we're not getting together as a group to learn how to knit or to <laughs> do something superficial. We're all getting together to say, yeah. I don't believe that I'm enough. And yeah, I'm dealing with constant perfectionism or people-pleasing or self-doubt. That, in its essence, is vulnerable. That's right. And when you have this opportunity to be safe in a situation like that, you realize, oh, here's what Amy's talking about, about being vulnerable with the right people. That's right. Who can hold that space for you. And it's radically transformative. Not to mention that that is just a byproduct of being a part of a group like that. Yeah. A lot of the other things that are massively transformative are learning how to speak up for yourself, are learning what it really means to believe in your own intrinsic self-worth, believing in your own enoughness, changing your core beliefs, knowing what you really stand for. And that's what I that's what I do. That's what I teach people in my signature program. It's called Deep Down and Dirty. I'm sure you've heard me talk about it before. If you're interested in something deeper, if you know you have gotten lots of feedback and great tips and tools from the podcast or even from the After Hours community, please know that this is a sampling. This is just a sampling. Exactly. And if you're ready to genuinely change the trajectory of your life, if you know in one year's time, five years time, you cannot wake up and feel the same goddamn way about your life, please go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. That will enable you to take a free, completely free workshop where I highlight my process, which is essentially five major shifts that you have to go through to get to that place where you genuinely believe you're enough. You've let go of the investment in what everybody else thinks, and you actually like yourself. So I created this workshop to give people a real great, another free test uh, or taste rather of of what it could be like to transform your life. So again, just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. 
And uh, you should be able to check that out and you'll see your next steps to take advantage of that, to see if deep down and dirty is the right solution for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. So as far as any tangible steps, takeaways, just with regards to number eight, as I was mentioning before, it can be really hard for us to go, okay, Amy, I grew up in a family where... I wasn't allowed to express any emotion or I grew up in a situation where uh, I had to be biting and snarky in order to stay safe. So Mm -hmm. now all I do is make passive aggressive comments and I don't know how to express myself. (laughs) I get it. I totally understand that everybody's going to be at a different place. These two steps, expressing gratitude and delivering heartfelt apologies, these are two tiny bite-sized steps that you can do to practice vulnerability. They would sound something like this to your partner. Hey, babe. Yeah, baby. It really meant a lot to me that you took the trash out today. Oh, thank you. I realize I don't tell you that very often. So thank you. You're absolutely welcome. Done. Like it doesn't, I mean, and you get to decide what your cadence, what your rhythm is, like how you feel you can, what the words are that you can actually say. Delivering heartfelt apologies. Saying something like, Babe, I really, I, I think I owe you an apology. Yeah, I was messed up. You know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. I shouldn't have said it like that. And although that I still have some really strong feelings about that issue, that was an unacceptable way for me to deliver that. And I'm, I'm genuinely really sorry. I genuinely appreciate the apology. Cool. So that way you can see that... <laughs> 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 But again, that whole thing, that the whole, oh, you guys gross me out, or oh, you're such you're such couples goals. That is not just happenstance. We work on it. We express this stuff. We we genuinely walk this talk. And people in our lives will tell you the exact same thing. It is not just on the show. It's not just something random that we present to everybody. This is how we truly live our lives. And it's possible for you to be gentle with your journey, be compassionate, and take bite-sized steps. What is one way that you could express gratitude to somebody that maybe you don't express it? Maybe you don't say it verbally. Maybe you just do things and expect them to read between the lines. What if you actually said it? What if you actually cleaned up your mess and said, hey, I shouldn't have said it like that, or I probably came across really abrupt, and uh, and you don't deserve that. I just wanted to say I'm You get some points sorry. for it. That's for sure. That's right. You know? That's right. And for me, no matter what, the reward when I clean up my own mess and apologize is how Amy feels about Amy. That's exactly right. And that's what I was going to say is it doesn't really matter if the other person is reciprocal in that conversation. Right. Of like, if if they're like, no, yeah, you owe me an apology. That's right. You know, even if they're like that, you know, in your heart that that was the right thing to do. Even right. if it didn't, if if the people that you're uh, apologizing to or expressing yourself to, yes, expressing yourself to, aren't reciprocal in their yep. softness. That's Absolutely. Right. And again, they might not have that capability. They might not have the capacity. So in those situations. I really want you to look at the win is you being proud of your delivery. You being proud of either the gratitude or the apology. That's the win, not what they receive, how they receive it. If they receive it positively and they go, wow, well, thank you for thanking me. That's the fucking bonus. That's right. Okay. That's the bonus. The win is that you are starting to practice and behave in a way that you are proud of you. You are owning your shit. Which brings me to another point. 
that even though that person may not have responded positively, you definitely win points. That's right. They're like, oh, you know what? That was pretty vulnerable. Like, I appreciate that they said that. Even though they may, you may not have heard them say that. Right. And then the next time that that happens or something else happens, you might get a little bit more softness from them. That's right. And it'll start catching like, oh, she's actually like owning her shit. Maybe I should be owning mine. <laughs> right? Exactly. Well, yeah. and conversely, the opposite way that we usually go about it, which is either fight or flight, we either combat yeah. everything and we go in with guns blazing and we fight. Sure. Like, well, I wouldn't have had to do that if you didn't do this. Mm-hmm. Or we sweep it under the rug and we <laughs> don't ever deal with it. And then both parties make up a shit ton of stories. That's well, right. he thinks this. Well, she thinks that. Well, and we just never talk about it. And we just build up a bunch of stories in both scenarios. Those two relationships don't really stand much of a chance. Yeah. If you start embodying vulnerability, you at least have the chance to foster some connection with that human. All right. So we've gone on and on about this, but please be sure if you are interested in learning more about this, check out the show notes. I've done a couple of other podcasts about it and Brene's info, our lady Brene, as well as the workshop link too. If you haven't checked that out, please do so, especially if you know that the, the way that you're heading as far as your relationship with yourself just cannot stay the same. It doesn't have to. We can shift it. I've seen hundreds of people do it. It's possible for you as well. All right. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. <laughs> <laughs>